Welcome back to another episode of the Axe Network Podcast. We want to thank you for joining in. We have a special uh, episode uh, that we'll be broadcasting here uh, this evening. Uh, we have a special guest with us, uh, Pastor Pascal Kreitz, uh, pastors in the state of Maryland. Uh, he has a phenomenal ministry, a phenomenal testimony about what God has done for him and how God saw him through uh, a particular situation that, that could have uh, ended in tragedy. And so we're excited to have him on the uh, air today. We're also going to be talking about uh, connecting with your local assembly, uh, being careful about the voices that we allow to speak into our life. So there's just uh, several topics that we're going to be discussing with Pastor Kreitz here uh, in this episode. So you want to stay tuned. Uh, I do believe that it's going to be a blessing to you uh, and every other listener uh, that decides to tune in to this episode. Uh, Pastor Kreitz, are you with us? Yes, sir. I am here, Brother McLeod, and it is an honor to be with you. Well, it's an honor to speak with you, too. Uh, I, I felt it uh, to be very important uh, to have you on uh, to do this podcast with you. Uh, based on a couple of conversations that you and I uh, ha- have had here over the past couple of weeks. And I believe mm-hmm. that there's some things that you can bring to the table, uh, some food for thought. Uh, I also want you to share your your testimony uh, with our listeners. Uh, I believe we're, we're in for a very interesting conversation. Take just a moment, introduce yourself, tell people about your, your ministry, your church, uh, where you guys are located at, and then uh, walk us through that testimony if you don't mind. Sure thing. God bless each and every one of you that are listening uh, here uh, to this podcast. My name is uh, Pascal Kreitz, and um, I pastor in far western Maryland in Garrett County up in the mountains. Uh, We uh, border West Virginia and Pennsylvania uh, right to our north in a tri-state area. I came here uh, just about eight years ago. And I had been an evangelist and so forth. And the church was in need of a pastor. And uh, we felt the call of God uh, here in what is really a resort area. There's a big lake uh, here, 70 miles, uh, summertime stuff, ski slopes in the winter and uh, all of that. And uh, so we were elected in a little in a little town called Accident, Maryland of about 387 people, and uh, that's where our main campus is. From that time on, the Lord just simply blessed, and I have just tried in that time to not mess up what he's doing. And in the last eight years, we have seen hundreds and hundreds filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost and to be baptized in the only saving name of Jesus Christ. We have seen miracles and healings and so forth, and it, the the revival that the Lord has done has simply reached outside of accident into the whole county and into the borders, into the states beyond. And uh, now we also uh, have a campus in Oakland, Maryland, which is about 20 miles south of accident, and we and uh, we have a location in Lavelle, Maryland, which is in our neighboring county, and it is about 40 minutes uh, to our east. And the Lord is continuing to bless. He's continuing to uh, add to the church. And we're just honored to 
honored to be a part of it, glad to be a part of that. And it all really started then in 2013. And to get to the testimony, uh, Brother McLeod, we saw great revival. And I want this to be an encouragement because while we have been here, I have had pastors and preachers that have contacted me and and wanted to know, what'd you do? What are you doing? Well, there was no magic bullet. It was prayer. But at the same time, nothing came easy. Since we have been here, everybody, by the grace of God, has been brought through or is being brought through. But my mother was diagnosed with cancer uh, while we pastored here. Everyone was in great health until this point. For the first two years we were here, my wife battled severe health challenges that, that stumped the doctors, and now she's past that. My dad was diagnosed with cancer. My, both of my wife's parents were diagnosed with cancer. And so it has not been something that just came easy, but through it all, the Lord showed his faithfulness and his grace and his mercy. My brother was in a head-on collision and is in a nursing home, but he's alive. And so it hasn't been without its challenges. And then in 2017, I came down with, it was kind of a rare pneumonia in 2017 that the University Hospital in West Virginia uh, deemed was from, uh, I had uh, swallowed food, inhaled it, um, into my lungs, which I didn't know I did. Obviously, at some point, I choked on something. Diagnosed with pneumonia, thought it was no big deal. Took the antibiotics, and it just wouldn't go away. Fever wouldn't go away. Cough wouldn't go away. I, I don't want to be graphic, but began to cough up blood, uh, and it got to be real bad. And uh, after several uh, doctors and so forth. Finally, they were able to figure out that I had a strep pneumonia that had got into my lungs and all of the antibiotics I had been on uh, were not uh, antibiotics for that kind of bacteria. So from November of 2016, all the way until they discovered this, which was March of 17, several months there, this uh, bacteria was just galloping uh, through me. And uh, eventually what had happened was it had taken the elevator and uh, somehow through the filtration system of the body, it landed in the right temporal lobe of my brain in the form of a brain abscess. I was in Florida at the time and, and had a terrible, it was just a, the most terrible headache. I can't even explain it. It's like someone taking a sharp knife and just sticking it right into the right side of your head. It, I was on painkillers, and I mean, nothing would touch it. And uh, I came home and went to a local urgent care who diagnosed me with a sinus infection and uh, sent me home. The next day, my, my gait, my wife is an RN, and uh, my walk was not steady. She began to see neurologic signs. She took me to a local hospital who again uh, just asked me some questions and thought that I had perhaps taken too many uh, allergy pills coupled with, uh, you know, some medication and thought that was why there was confusion and sent me home to uh, flush my system with water and, and whatnot. And then finally, I began to hallucinate. Um, of course, this part I do not remember. 
I only remember now how it was recounted to me. And I, there was hallucination. I was having more and severe neurologic symptoms. So my wife loaded me up and took me to uh, West Virginia University Hospital in Morgantown, which is about 40 minutes uh, to our west. Uh, when I got there, um, they uh, quickly did some uh, CT and then they did an MRI and they quickly deduced that I had a abscess, an abscess on the right temporal lobe and I needed emergency surgery uh, or I could be facing death. When I was in the emergency room, they told my wife that, uh, of course, we know it's God. But they said, you were a re very lucky man, because if you would have waited just a few more hours, no doubt you would have slipped into a coma and you would have died. And so it came that close. They did emergency surgery on me. And when it was over, again, I'm recounting this based upon my memory, uh, as others have told me, because I was pretty much unconscious and lost all this time. They said that uh, the neurosurgeon, whose name was Dr. Cifarelli, he said that the abscess was under extreme pressure and it had begun to leak. And so that was the complication. He said the infectious materials that was inside the abscess leaked into the ventricles of my brain and got into the cerebral spinal fluid. So I had infection now all through the brain and even the cerebral spinal fluid which at that time, he said, once the infection got into that fluid surrounding the brain, I had a 1% chance of survival, a 1% chance. But I'm glad we don't serve a God that's intimidated by averages. And so several days later, post-op after the surgery, they were not seeing much improvement. Uh, my conscious level was continuing to decrease. And so he called what it was a Hail Mary last-ditch effort to try to save my life. And he told my wife, he said, I want to go back in, and I want to totally remove the entire right temporal lobe of his brain where the infection started, where the worst of it is, to try to save his life. My wife felt an immediate check in the Holy Ghost. Thank God for praying wives. And uh, she said, no, let's not do that at this time. And she was also conferring, of course, at this time I had umpteen specialists uh, running every test on the book, looking at every possible conceivable thing. And, of course, everything was coming back negative. Nobody could figure out, you know, it was, it was an absolute uh, puzzle to them. And the neurosurgeon told my wife, he said, fine, but we're racing the clock. And I had begun to make at that time small improvements, and I was in a step-down unit. However, I was still unable to walk. I still could not feed myself. My kids chopped up my food, and, and they fed me. I could not do basic hygiene, none of that stuff. I totally had lost my motor skills. And uh, people had begun to think now that even if I survived this, I had an arterial line in because blood pressure was still out of control. And they said, but if, if he survives, he's going to have to learn how to walk again. He's going to have to learn how to tie his shoes again. He's looking at months and months 
in a rehabilitation hospital. But one day, coupled with the prayers of the saints, wrapped in the grace and the mercy of God, two precious men of God, uh, Brother Anthony Moss, dear friend of mine who pastors in Charleston, and my district superintendent, Brother Hurley, they, uh, they visited me in the hospital, and there was a visitation of God that came with them, empowered by the prayers of the church that I pastored and many others. They prayed for me that day, and, and, and I remember Brother Moss telling me, they said, when I prayed for you, he said, you just made a, a slow little soft grunt. But he said, I felt in that moment that God had touched you. There was an instant, rapid healing that took place right then, the touch of God. It was as though just the, the finger of God just passed right over me that day. And instantly, instantly, I was able to walk again. Instantly, I was able to have my motor skills again. I wasn't confused anymore. I wasn't. The doctors were absolutely amazed. They could not believe it. They were talking to my family. Could you believe uh, what, you, what, your, what your dad, they would tell my kids, look how good he's doing. I began to understand, communicate all of, all of these things. And two and a half days after all of this ordeal, I had been in there now over two weeks in neuro ICU and so forth. And when the Lord touched me that day, two and a half days later, I left the hospital under my own power. No physical therapy, no rehabilitation, no occupational therapy. I came back and, of course, I continued taking medication, uh, you know, that they had prescribed until it was done. But it was an absolute miracle of God. And the neurosurgeon, when I went back and followed up with him, he told me, he said, you know, there was more than medicine working. He looked at me in the eyes and he said, you had a 1% chance to live. He said, I know there was more than medicine that was at work that day. And it, it was known, and he told me in prior, uh, after that rather, I'd been back and have been in that hospital praying with people. And one, one day specifically, uh, just last year, I stepped into the hallway and he, he was in the same hallway with me and he looked at me. And of course, I knew who he was. And he pointed at me and he just said, name. And I said, Pascal Christ. And then he said, ah, yes. And then he said these words. He said, it's not every day I walk into a miracle in the hallway. And so to the glory of God, it, the doctors were amazed. The specialists were amazed. And uh, I have the scar from the front of my ear all the way to the back of my head on the right side that will forever bear uh, that event. However, I, I view those as scars of my miracle because that's where the Lord lifted me up. That's where the Lord totally redeemed me from just from a deathbed is where I laid. But God raised me up and here I am today. And that was 2017. And, and here four years later, uh, we're still preaching uh, we're still traveling and evangelizing because the Lord then allowed us to be a part of healing meetings and things like that. And dear God, I know more. I, 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 I may have been born at, at night. It wasn't last night. And I know very well that I can't heal anybody 
of an infected eyebrow, not an infected eyebrow. But the Lord in his mercy allowed that testimony to raise the faith of others. And we have been to the to England and Scotland and throughout uh, churches and whatnot, uh, just preaching faith and so forth and seeing the Lord heal. We had the first year I was home, Brother McLeod, we had over 200 healings in our local church in the campuses. And that caused an absolute another explosion. But it made sense to me. Jesus would go into a city and he would begin to heal. And then when he would heal, they would hear his word because they saw what he did. And it just, it created another explosion. And in 2019, uh, we saw uh, right about 90 filled with the Holy Ghost or baptized. And uh, in 2000, uh, we, and we, and last year as well, it was over, it was 80 some in what is a very rural area. So we are so thankful to God. Number one, that I'm alive. I'm still able to be married to my wife of 22 years, Becky, and to be the dad to three wonderful boys, Elijah, Nathaniel, and Isaiah. And if it would not be for God, if you would not have saved my life, I would have been gone in 2017. All glory be to God, and I belong to him because I'm simply a dead man walking. I died in 2017, but I only live unto Christ because I've told people I've been born three times. Naturally, I was born in 1977. Spiritually, I was born in 1989. And in 2017, God gave me my life again for a third time. And so now I'm just committed more than ever to seeing others changed by the life-saving message of Jesus Christ and to help others and churches understand and have faith for divine healing that only comes from Jesus Christ. And that's just a little bit of my story. Amen. Uh, Pastor Kreitz, as I sat here and listened to you speak, I could not help but be reminded of the billions of people upon this planet that desperately need God. Yes. They need absolutely. They need a divine encounter with their creator. And there are people all across this country. There are people that are listening to this podcast there are people in our churches. There are people who are not in churches that don't even know God all around this planet that are hurting. They're lost. They're lonely. They're suffering. And I can't help but be reminded when the Holy Scriptures declared, these signs shall follow them that believe. Yes, sir. There is a school of thought and there is a segment of Pentecost that has shot away from the miraculous and the prophetic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. and we can understand to to a certain extent uh yes. some of the hesitancy and some of the skepticism because yes. of the the abuse that we've seen take place over the mm-hmm. years and we have watched Correct. Uh, our movement be hijacked by 
very unsavory characters. But in spite uh-huh. of all of that, we cannot uh, buy into this uh, idea, and I've heard it so many times, well, it's a wicked and perverse generation that seeks a sign. This is true. If all they're seeking is a sign, right? then we understand this. But there is a world full of people who are not just seeking a sign, but they're seeking a Savior. Oh, my. And us as the people of the kingdom of God, us as Holy Ghost filled, born again, Acts 2.38, believing holiness people, it is our responsibility to bear this cross and this burden. We're to be his hands. We're to be his feet. As I sit here at my desk and, and I listen to what God did for you, I could feel the gift of faith rising up in my spirit. I could, I could feel the passion in your voice. And I believe that everyone who listens to this podcast as you were talking, I believe they, they are going to feel the power of the Holy Ghost. I believe more than anything in this day, in this hour, at this very moment in human civilization, I believe that we have a God who is desperate to do the miraculous. I believe that we serve a God who is desperate to perform miracles and healings. I believe that this is the, the moment in time that God has been waiting for to show himself and to demonstrate himself like never before. I told yes, a, I told a group of pastors here uh, a while back, I said, it's one thing when we get so polished and we get so formatted in preaching the word of God and all these things are necessary. We should be good at what we do and we should be professional in how we do it, but we can never forget that when the word went forth in the ministry of Jesus, signs and demonstration followed the word. Yes. In the ministry of the disciples, once the word was preached, once the testimony was declared, there was signs and wonders. There was a yes, demonstration. Sir. What good is the word without power? and demonstration of the Spirit of God. Mm-hmm. And so yes, uh, I wanted to have you on because I know you're a man of faith. I know that you've seen many, many miraculous miracles, and I have I have been uh, a participant in so many uh, miraculous things that God has done, not only in my life, but Glory. what I've seen him do in the lives of other people. Yes, and, and I think it's important that... Uh, the conversation that, that you and I are having in the in, in is this goes a little bit further uh, in depth. I believe sure. it's important for our listeners to understand that the things of God, they must be done decent. They must be done in Absolutely. order. We, we right. serve an orderly God. Uh, we serve a God uh, who has a template and a pattern. And right. and if we if we will comply with that template, that pattern that has been set forth, uh, that example that Jesus set, that that example that the disciples set, if we too will walk in that same pattern, we will see Jesus declared greater things than these shall ye do. Yes. Amen, my brother. And, and so I I, I want to talk to us a little bit about. 
uh, the template and the pattern. We want to talk about headship. We want to talk about repentance. We want to talk about all the things that are requirements. See, some people, yes. some people tend to think that there are no prerequisites to a move of God, and this is not true. No, there are prerequisites for a miracle. There are prerequisites Absolutely. for a demonstration of the Spirit of God. And so you, you and I are going to talk a little bit about that. Um, sure. As a pastor, and you also mm-hmm. as a pastor, uh, you and I walk in the same burden, and we deal with some mm-hmm. of the same things when we're responsible yes. for people's souls. We're responsible for mm-hmm. their lives. And mm-hmm. uh, we live in the day of social media, and it's so easy for us to allow voices into our lives that should not be mm-hmm. there. And, so true. Uh, and, and so there is nothing wrong with seeking after the supernatural. We should all seek after these things. But mm-hmm. I believe that there is an order and there's a way that we should seek after these things. And it should always be done under uh, the the headship and the covering of a man of God. Without question. And so I want to talk to you a little bit about that because you and I both know that, that our saints can get to going online and uh, get yep. to get to digging around and looking, and they can start following people uh, that claim yep. to be walking in the Holy Ghost, and they claim to be operating in the gifts of the Spirit. But but yep. But one thing the Spirit of God will never do, it will never bring confusion, but it will boost your faith. It it will never drive a wedge between you and your spiritual leadership, but it will always draw you closer to your spiritual leadership. That's correct. Absolutely. And so um, there is a hunger, I believe, like never before for people that are desiring to see the supernatural. And and it's a necessity. These are these are privileges as the children of God, we have been given sure. privileges. And and the sure. gifts of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit, these are all privileges that we yes. have uh, at our, uh, our disposal to exercise. Um, but but yes, these, these are not disposable uh, attributes of the church, but, but these are, these are much needed resources. And so um, let's talk a little bit about um, the gifts of the spirit. And let's talk about um, mm-hmm. how it can become a danger if we open ourselves up to strange voices uh, that are not uh, providing that spiritual covering for us. Absolutely. We, as you've stated so eloquently already, I mean, we are we are living in a day and a time where people are searching for supernatural and searching for these things. And, and I, I tell our church, it's kind of tongue in cheek. And I know some of our elders have said this and everyone wanting a word from God. Well, yes, we do want a word from God, but there's some people that every day they get up, they want a fresh word from God and they want to, they'll call me. You got a word for me. And uh, I say, I'm going to tell you how to hear the voice of you want that. You want to hear the audible word of God, read your Bible out loud. And you will hear the audible word of God being spoken to you. But people do. But everything falls exactly as you said. It needs to be done 
decently and in order and in apostolic authority. In other words, a saint should never, in my estimation, and I'm only speaking for me, should never bypass his or her pastor and allow the voice of somebody else to become louder to them than the voice of the shepherd who is going to be the one that answers for them on the day of judgment. That should never happen. In fact, I'm going to say something, and Brother McLeod, honestly, you know my spirit. We've talked several times. If you disagree with this, please do not hesitate to tell me, podcast or not. But I believe some of this, with all this election fiasco, could it be that God simply in his mercy allowed Trump to lose? Why? Because it exposed the church's idolatry towards the prophetic in that they were worshiping words from God and they began to put more attention into personalities than they did the Savior. Absolutely. And the Lord had to shut some of that down so we would repent of our idolatry of men just because they're talented or just because they're gifted in an area or, or whatever. Those gifts are for the edification of the church. They are not, absolutely, they are not so that they can be used in such a way that it causes people to actually, and I've, I've seen this happen since the election, saints of God get a wedge driven because they listen so much to some of these other social media or even, God forbid, television voices that were speaking. And then it, it turned and made their turned on their pastor because the voices were telling them something different than what their pastor was. There should never, ever be a voice in somebody's life, a human voice that is stronger or carries more influence than the true voice of the man of God that has been placed in that person's life. No voice should be louder than that. Amen. And no evangelist or anybody else should ever, ever do anything that could even remotely cause that to happen. We need to be so, so careful in these days when people are are, are looking for this kind of stuff. And it's all got to stop start from the top in apostolic authority with the man of God and even within our districts. You know, we, we have to be subject to uh, the, the authorities and, 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 and so forth, the spiritual coverings that are above us. I believe everybody needs to have a pastor. I do. That's just what I personally believe. And, well, you know, well, my pastor passed away and now I'm 50. Well, find somebody. Find you an elder and make yourself accountable to them. And I think one other little snippet I'll put on this and then we'll go to wherever you want is that a river without banks becomes a swamp. But when somebody, no matter how gifted, will bring in spiritual authorities and disciplines into accountability, the closer he brings to them, it gives them, it's like a, it's like a river. It gives them more power and more depth. So at the end of the day, what are we looking for? A river without banks becoming a swamp? Or do we want the gifts of the Spirit in our church to operate under apostolic order and oversight of elders and so forth and spiritual accountability so that we have more power and more depth? But ultimately, no voice in any church 
should carry more significance to those people, human voice, than the voice of the man of God. And if there's another voice that is against his voice, then those saints of God, if they know what is good for them and what is wise, they will stay loyal to that man of God that God sent them. Because it is it is truth that uh, what I have found in my uh, 43 years, I've been in this thing pretty much all my life, and that is this, that a man that will not be loyal, or woman that will not be loyal to a true man of God, will not for long, they won't be loyal to the God of that man either. This is absolutely true. Absolutely true. I, I agree with you in totality on the statements that you have just made. It goes back to, again, serving a God who is a God of order. Yes. And I think uh, if you look at the uh, the, the, the Latter-day uh, Reign movements and you look at some of these uh, free spirit movements and, and the things that we've seen emerge over the last hundred years in Pentecost, mm-hmm. um, these things have always ended in tragedy. They've Every always time. ended in tragedy. And the ones that suffer are are the ones who are naive, who lack discernment, who lack accountability, and they follow after every voice and every the Bible yes. says every wind of doctrine. Every wind. And so And there's some that follow some pretty strange winds. Absolutely. And, and so we gotta we gotta also understand that uh everything that claims to be apostolic is not apostolic. Yes, sir. And there are those among us who are building their own kingdoms. There are those among us who are self-serving. And um, we, we've got to make sure, even even with the Axe Network, um, we are a, a television and radio broadcast network. But the one thing that we've always uh, attempted to do is that we try to connect our viewers and our listeners with a local church in their area. And we get, we get hundreds of people a month that contact us, send us messages, or they call, uh, or they send us emails, and they say, can you connect me with an apostolic Acts 238 church in my area? And mm-hmm. that that's what our primary goal is. Um, awesome. The Acts Network should never be a substitute for a local assembly. Um, our broadcasters on the Axe Network uh, are not broadcasting to uh, in a capacity to be your pastor uh, or, or to be the spiritual authority in your life. What what the Axe Network is doing is we're bringing the message to you. So as when so as when the message comes to you and you respond to the message, we can connect you with someone who can provide the things that you need in your Amen. life to be that voice in your life. And so uh, as cultured apostolics, we, we, can never, we can never deviate from that biblical pattern of leadership. Um, we can never uh, uh, allow ourselves to be drawn away from corporate worship in our local assembly. Uh, church attendance is very important. Having a pastor in your life is very important because here's the deal, folks. If you will do things God's way, 
It is inevitable. Now, now hear me. I believe if you do things God's way, the Bible way, it is inevitable that you will see the miraculous. Absolutely. And so while people hope to see the miraculous, Billy Cole said it best. Uh, He made this comment, uh, Pastor Christ. He said, when you pray for God to do things, and he was talking to his audience, he said, when you people pray and you ask God to do something, in the Holy Ghost, you ask God to heal someone, to raise the dead, to deliver someone, to fill someone someone with the Holy Ghost. He said, when you do it and God responds and God answers your prayer, he says, you are surprised. He well, said, the difference yeah. between you and I is that when I ask God to do something and he doesn't do it, then I'm surprised. Amen. Yes, very true. And so so Billy Cole was always surprised when God didn't do something. He was Mm -hmm. never surprised when God did do something. And that's because he had a revelation and he had an understanding that, hey, if I'm doing things God's way, God's going to do his job. God's always going to heal. God's always going to save. God is always going to provide a word and a path and a light. Because God is good at doing God's job. Amen. But we have to do things decent and in order. Now, the danger is that if we seek after the things of God, if we begin to seek after things and we don't do it God's way, it becomes very dangerous. Now, Pastor Christ, I'm going to share a dream with you that I had a few nights ago. Um, okay. I, I called several pastor friends, and I didn't even know that I was going to share this with you, but I feel inspired in the Holy Ghost to share this dream with you. Um, sure. It's concerning my district superintendent, uh, David okay. Tipton, here in the uh-huh. state of Mississippi. And yes. um, uh, Bishop Tipton has not heard this dream yet. So uh, listening to this podcast will probably be the first time that he's ever heard this dream. But but I but I feel it important to share this. Uh, in in the dream that I had this past week, uh, Bishop David Tipton, our general, our district superintendent here in Mississippi, mm-hmm. he he called me and said, uh, Pastor McLeod, this is Bishop Tipton, and he said I must need to come to your church immediately. And I said, Was everything all right? And he said, Yes. He said I need to use your church because there is someone that needs to be saved. There is someone that needs to be baptized and filled with the Holy Ghost. And I said, well, by all means, Bishop, come on. So in the dream, I heard a knock on the door. Bishop Tipton was there, and he brought several people with him. And he said, fill the baptistry. He said, these people are about to repent of their sins They're going to be baptized in Jesus' name, and God is going to fill them with the Holy Ghost. I began to rejoice Mm -hmm. in my dream. We filled the baptismal tank up, and uh, I got down in the water with these people that he had brought. I did not know these people, and we began to baptize them in Jesus' name. God began to fill them with the Holy Ghost, and Bishop Tipton stood there over that baptistry in the dream, and he was watching, and he had his hands held out over us. In that dream, a backslider that I know very well walked up to me and said, can I pray for you? In my mind, in the dream, this is what I said. I said to myself, 
This person doesn't even have the Holy Ghost, and they're wanting to pray for me. Mm-hmm. And I said, sure, I will let you pray for me. I lifted my hands, and they laid their hands on me to pray for me. And the minute they touched me, they began to speak in other tongues, and God filled them mm. with the Holy Ghost. Mm. This was a backslidden preacher who had been gone from the wow. church for 30 years in my dream. Wow. Once the rejoicing and that prayer meeting in the dream was over, I'm walking down this path in an airport. And I'm uh-huh. walking with Bishop Tipton, and he looks at me, and he says, I have something to give you. He opened his coat pocket and pulled mm-hmm. out an envelope. I opened the envelope, Pastor Kreitz, and, uh-huh. it, w- and it was a check. Uh-huh. And as I looked at that check, I said to myself, Bishop, what is this check for? Why, why, why are you giving me this check? And he said, son... It cost money, and it takes power to have revival. Oh. And yes, I said, sir. yes, sir. And he said, it takes power, and it takes money. And I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir, it does. And he said, um, this is to pay for that. And I looked at the check, and I thought to myself, wow, the check was made out for $94.96. I looked at the check, and I thought to myself, why $94.96? I woke up out of the dream. I sat up, and I told my wife, I said, I just had a dream. In my dream, Bishop Tipton wrote me a check for revival for $94.96. She said, wow, that's odd. Why $94.96? I said, I do not know. I do not know why. I began to pray, and I began to ask God, God, what is is the meaning of all of this? What, what, What is... What's what's this dream about? And as I studied, um, I began to look at the book of Exodus, chapter number 25. Uh-huh. And in Exodus, chapter number 25, I began to read, and I'm reading and studying in the Hebrew. And I get to verse AC 9496. AC. Ninety-four, ninety-six, huh. And as I'm reading verse AC 9496, which is a verse from the book of Exodus, chapter number 25, uh-huh. I want to tell you what, what it says. Please do. It says, and thou shalt make staves of Shedom wood. Uh-huh. Thou shalt make staves of sheet on wood. In Exodus chapter 25, God is giving instructions for the Ark of the Covenant. Yes. In the Ark of the Covenant, there was three things. It was the yep. pot of manna, which was God's mm-hmm. provision. 
It was Aaron's rod that budded, which was the supernatural, the demonstration of the spirit, the authority, Mm -hmm. spiritual authority. And it was the two tablets of stone, the law. As I began to read and study, he says, I want you to make an ark, overlay it in gold. The mercy seat shall sit upon it. And he says, it'll be this length, this height, this breadth. You'll overlay it in gold and you will put golden rings at each corner. And you will make staves of Shedom wood to carry my ark. Yes. Now, Pastor Christ, I know you're a man of the Holy Ghost. I know you have discernment. But as I begin to study this, Mm -hmm. it says, and thou shalt make staves of Shedom wood. As I studied, this is what it says. This signifies the power of God. The staves are power, and they represent the truth that comes from good. The signification of Shittim wood as being of good merit, credible, Mm. and it belongs to the Lord alone. And it says the Ark of the Covenant could not be touched by the hands of man, but the Ark of the Covenant could only be carried by staves of Shittim wood. You can only carry the things of God one way. That's right. You can't put the ark on a cart or it'll cost a man his life. That's exactly right. But you've got to carry the ark with staves of Shittim wood. And as I, it was the power of carrying the things of God upon the shoulders of men. Men carried them staves through golden rings at the corners of that ark, and they carried it upon their shoulders. And as long as they did that, the things of God were in order. The blessings would follow. And brother, in that dream, it was as if God had sent my bishop to tell me, There's only one way to have revival, and that's God's way. There's only one way to carry the provision. There's only one way to carry the demonstration and the power of the Spirit. And there's only one way to carry the law, and it is going to be with staves. Glorious. It's going to be on the shoulders of men that love truth, and they'll do things God's way. See, David had good intention. Mm-hmm. But David wasn't doing sure it God's did. way. Right. And the minute David did not do things God's way, someone died. Yep. And I did not so know true. I was going to share this with you, but but in talking about the things of God and in talking about allowing voices in our lives, we have to understand you may you may be chasing these things in good faith, but if you don't do it God's way, it may cost you your soul. That's exactly right. And so very um, true. I, I just felt to share that with you. It was just uh, awesome. I, I did not know I would be sharing that, but uh, but but I, that I just is knew, absolutely awesome. I just knew in the Holy Ghost that um, that that needed to be told because there's people out there listening, and again, we know you're hungry 
We know you're yeah. desperate for the things of God, but you have to align yeah. yourself and put a voice in your life and a covering in your life, a man of God in your right. life that can usher in the provision and the demonstration and the power and the law. That's right. Because if all you have is a demonstration of the spirit and the provision and you don't have the law in your life, yep, then you're in trouble. That's exactly right. You're going to be in trouble. And the one that That's brings exactly the right. law is the man of God, your pastor. That's right. Brings the law. No, no other man on this planet has the authority to bring the law or the word into your life like your pastor. There, and it's, it, 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 if I could just interject one quick thing, it, the, the power and what we should be after the nucleus of it is the word of God. I'm reminded when the Ark of the Covenant had been stolen and they took what, in essence, our generation wants. They want Aaron's rod that budded. They want the supernatural. I'm not saying there's, as we said, there's not anything wrong with that, but it's got to be done decently and in order. They took Aaron's or they took the pot of manna, which symbolized the, the, the provision supernaturally. Those things had been stolen from the ark. The only thing that they didn't want was the law. Give us the miracles. Give us all of the prophecies. Give us all of these things, but don't give us the law. Don't give us the word. Don't give us uh, the accountability. And I'm reminded that when they took the ark on those staves that only had the law, the two tablets of stone, and they put it back in the temple— the Bible says that the glory of God filled that temple, filled it. Why is that? Because the word was enough then and the word was enough now. If we obey the word and preach the word, we'll get the miracles, we'll get the signs, and we'll get the wonders. But without the word and obedience to it, we have nothing. Amen. Amen. I absolutely believe that. Amen. It is absolutely amazing how poetic God really is. I always tell Very people true. that uh, Edgar Allan Poe and many others uh, that, that have been among us as men, um, there are many, many great poets uh, yeah. that have walked through the earth, but none, mm -hmm. none so poetic as God no. himself. That's so true. And... Uh, it never ceases to amaze me just how good and accurate God really is, how faithful he really is. And Amen. so we understand that the key to unlocking the supernatural and the key to unlocking God's supernatural provision, the key to these things, as you said, it is the word. And the only yes, one sir. that has the authority to bring the word into your life is a man of God. That's exactly right. And uh, so, so these things are, are very, very important. And uh, so, yes. we're, we're not we're not throwing off on anyone's ministry. We're not we're no. we're, we're not attempting to uh, assassinate anyone or or, no, or to no, uh, breed no, no. contempt. But what we must do is we must do things the Bible way. All right. things must be done decent and in order. And absolutely. Uh, it's an absolute uh, essential 
uh, that uh, when you sow into the kingdom of God, of course, we have people that donate uh, to the Axe Network, but we always tell people we don't want your tithe and we don't want your first fruit offering either. Now, if you support us, you support us in addition to, but your tithing and your first fruit offering should always go to your man of God and to your local assembly. This is the the way of God. Um, I heard a man make a comment here uh, several days ago on his Facebook page, and he said, "Uh, for some of you, uh, we have become the voice of God in your life. And uh, you're sending us your tithe and offering, and the only church you're attending is is our little Facebook setting. Now, this man is not a pastor, but he claims to huh. be a prophet. Uh huh. And uh, he so so he claims to be a prophet evangelist, and he uh-huh. he is allowing people to send their tithe and their offering to him. And and this is, is this is outside is of scriptural. it is not scriptural. It is outside of the will of God. It is outside of the construct uh, of the things of God. There's absolutely right. nothing wrong with blessing a man's ministry. There's absolutely nothing no, wrong with not sending a love offering. But your tithing no. and your first fruit offering or your temple offering should always go to your church and your man of God. This is the Amen. way God has designed it. And if you get Amen. out of balance... No matter how many times they prophesy to you, no matter what they tell you, thus saith the Lord, God will never go against his own word. That's exactly right. People also need to be careful thinking that they're buying a prophetic word. That that That's dangerous. That is absolutely dangerous. The best thing they can do is be loyal to their man of God and their, their church be faithful in their giving, be faithful in their attendance, be faithful to God most of all. Thank God for the supernatural. Thank God for apostles, prophets, evangelists, all of that. Thank God, thank God, thank God. But there should be no more loyalty in their life than to the man of God that God has placed in their life. Amen. That's just the, that's just the bottom line. Absolutely. You know, when people simply do things the right way, God can't help but bless it. Right. God can't Absolutely. contain himself. But I always tell people uh, something that I was told a long time ago. A man said this. He said, if you want to be blessed, you got to be blessable. <laughs> Good point. If you're not blessable, if you're not living a life that God is able to bless, if you're not carrying the right spirit and attitude, if you're not taking care of your body, why would you expect God to heal you if you're not even doing your part? Right. We've got to give God something to bless. They gave him the bread, and he yep. blessed it, and he broke it. Yes, he did. But if you don't give him something to bless, there will be That's no right. there will be no blessing. And so I, I, I think that for a lot of people, they don't realize that 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 uh, it, it's a two way street. Yep. Very in the kingdom true. of God, uh, you, absolutely, you, you've got to give Him something. And yep. so pe- people tend to want something for nothing. They don't want any accountability. Uh, they don't mm-hmm. want any 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 anything but just give me the blessings. Uh, yep, that is so true. And, 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 you know, the thing about it is, is these things are appealing to the flesh. 
Oh, sure they It's are. appealing to the flesh, but it's very destructive for the human soul. That's right. Uh, Pastor Kreitz, is, absolutely. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add uh, to this discussion? I, really, I'm, <laughs> I have just been honored to be here and to be a part of it. And I would simply say this if there was anything. It would, it would simply be, I think, that this is the proper time for everybody to repent. Everybody. And I think for them to, as a bride would her husband, when she renews her vows, for all of us to recommit ourselves to the Lord and to tell him how much we love him. And why do that? So that we realign our priorities back to the way the Bible wants it to be done. So that we re-straighten the spine of apostolic authority. And that we do away with any type of idol worship or creating people as idols in our lives. Looking only unto the one, Jesus Christ, and to our man of God, and to those who have the rule over us, as Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's what we should do to them and realign the spine and march forward in what I always like to say, revival together in Jesus' name. Amen. Beautifully spoken. Absolute beautifully spoken. People, if you're listening to this podcast, this is the greatest day. This is the greatest hour since the creation of humanity. Absolutely. To experience and to see the things of God. As an evangelist, uh, there was a revelation that I received and I preached this concept everywhere I went, all over the country. God spoke to me one day, and this is what he said. When desperation and expectation encounter my spirit, something yeah. is going to happen. Every single time. When we can so get true. desperate and our desperation and our expectation coupled together, when they so encounter true. the spirit of the living God, God is going to do something. Amen. And so be encouraged, listeners. Uh, Pastor yes. Kreitz, how can people follow you uh, on the Internet? How can they follow you on social media? Sure. How can they uh, get a hold of your preaching and teaching? Uh, and how can our yeah. listeners in the state of Maryland, how can they get in touch with visiting you at your church? Well, sure. We um, on Facebook, uh, my, I have a Facebook page uh, that is public, and it's just simply my name, Pascal, P-A-S-C-A-L, last name Christ, C-R-I-T-E-S. Profile pictures, just picture of me in a suit preaching. <laughs> and the cover photo is my wife and I uh, down in southern Florida, uh, you know, where uh, we kind of like the warm weather. And uh, you can follow me there. Also on Facebook, all three of our church um, churches have Facebook pages. Uh, Calvary Tabernacle Accident Campus, Calvary Tabernacle Oakland Campus, and Calvary Tabernacle Lavelle Campus. And all of our services are live streamed on those pages. 
And uh, our services here on Sundays is Oakland at 9 a.m., Accident at 10 and 11, and LaVale at 6. And tonight in our Oakland campus, we'll have church at 6.30. And in Accident, we'll have church tomorrow night at 7.30. So plenty going on. And uh, I'll even, uh, you know, I can throw my number out there if there's anyone in Maryland listening or whatever. I text, I call, and it's simply 304-813-8715. There you have it, listeners. If you're in the Maryland area and you don't have a home church and God's dealing with you and you're looking for a man of God, you're looking for God to do something in your life, and you've, 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 you've been drawn to this Acts 2 message of salvation, Pastor Kreitz is an Acts 2.38 preacher. Uh, he yes, would love sir. to pray with you. He'd love to give you a Bible study. Him and his uh, family are just wonderful people. And God has sent them to the state of Maryland for such a time as this. Listeners, yes, sir. until we meet again, God bless you, and may God be with you.